Greetings and salutations to you all. This is Dee Dee Moonflyer. Welcome to Twilight Tonic, your weekly voyage to points distant and parts unknown. We'll discuss all things paranormal, spiritual, weird, and wonderful. So if you're ready, grab your favorite tonic, your best comfy chair, and let's begin. As always on Twilight Tonic, I have the most amazing guest, and I'm truly honored to have these two gentlemen here. Years of experience, and not to mention the new book that's out called Mimics the Others Among Us. So excited about this book. It's on Amazon, by the way. Tonight in the house, we have Tim R. Schwartz, an Emmy Award-winning television producer and videographer, author of GIF, The Talking Mongoose, one of my faves, Alien Artifacts, The Lost Journals of Nikola Tesla, and he's also a fellow podcaster on Paracast. And then tonight, we also have Paul Dale Roberts in the house. He was an actor. Interesting fact, he was a professional dancer at one time, too. He is a paranormal investigator of all things, UFOs, cryptids, ghosts, demonology. He does house clearings. He's an author of many books, and they're on Amazon, and they are very interesting. I highly recommend them. He also has written articles for Costa Rica Times, Phenomena Magazine, Paranormal Underground. He also is a co-owner of Halo Paranormal Investigations, NPI International. Guys, welcome tonight. Thank you so much for coming on. Yeah, thank you. Thank you very much for having us on tonight. You're welcome. Yes, thank you. Thank you. <laughs> so guys, this is a very interesting topic to me. Um, mimics. Oh my goodness, throughout history, they've been around. What is your take and what made you want to get involved in this, write this book and bring this to the forefront? Well, I'll take this one, uh, this part first, uh, uh, D.D. Um, the original idea for Mimics, The Others Among Us, and this is Tim Swart speaking, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, came to me because of a book that I bought and still have, believe it or not, so many years ago, when I was just a young teenager, um, got it at a at a, a a drugstore back in the days when you could actually buy mm-hmm. these decent nonfiction types of paperback books at drugstores. And this was a book written by John Keel, mm-hmm. and and it was called Our Haunted Planet. Oh, now. Wow. Yeah, in this book, and it's just kind of a plethora of of just all kinds of interesting stories from, you know, UFOs to uh, cryptozoology, Mm -hmm. uh, ghost hauntings, what have you. But there's a section in there where it starts out with a chapter called 
uh, Mimics of Man. Mm-hmm. And it re- it really is just a couple of paragraphs, and and John uses it as a a kicking off point for uh, other aspects of that section of the book. But John speculates that perhaps there are creatures living among us, and and John's original idea was he was referring to like physical creatures. Physical creatures that are mimics of man, that possibly live amongst us, uh, say like in large cities, they're able to, you know, kind of blend in, they'd be loners or hermit types of, of, of people, and, you know, would probably would be considered, you know, eccentric by uh, neighbors or people who run into them, but look close enough, you know, like a normal person to to, to blend in. But John speculates that these things uh, uh, may not uh, uh, may not be entirely human. Right. Now you you look at Mother Nature, and there's all kinds of examples of of mimics of other species. Usually either, say, uh, a predator who tries to look like something else in order to get something to eat or um, prey that looks like something else. So in order not to get eaten. Mm-hmm. And John kind of takes this and and says, well, what if, you know, why why should the human species be any different? You know, do we really think that we are at the top of the food chain? And, you know, he says that, you know, maybe these things are completely different species Mm -hmm. that look like us in order to either prey on us or to not be preyed on by us. And, And that's what got me thinking about the book that that all of us eventually ended up writing called Mimics the Others Among Us, if you look back throughout history, there are thousands of examples of humans interacting with other beings, creatures, whatever you want to call them, that look human, maybe have gone by names such as gods, angels, demons, mm you know, fairies, spirits, what have you, and either look like us because they do look like us or they can look like us, like shapeshifters or something like that. Right. So so you take that into more modern times where the UFO phenomena has kind of superseded a lot of these uh, uh, old ideas and beliefs about these types of creatures who have interacted with humanity for all of these centuries. And, you know, people may not believe anymore in, you know, angels or, or, or fairies and the like, but the idea of extraterrestrials, maybe that look human, could, you know, could be more possible. So with this book, we try to examine all of this, all of these different ideas from, you know, the uh, from the idea of gods or spirits or fairies to uh, 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 crypto creatures, things that maybe are within our family tree that are still hiding amongst us somehow, to the idea that, well, maybe there could be, you know, human-looking extraterrestrials. 
So I just put this idea out to all of our uh, authors, Paul, you know, Paul being one of them, and told them, here's the idea. Take the ball and run with it. And boy, we got some excellent chapters. Oh, I bet. You know, it, it's really interesting. One of the first things, a couple of things that come to my mind are like the Nordics mm-hmm. that you hear about, uh, the creepy black-eyed children. <laughs> oh, those things scare me to death. Um, all of those, as soon as I, when I p- first picked up the book, that hit my head like very quickly. Yeah, those are just, uh, those are some excellent examples of these types of things, <laughs> what, yeah. whatever they are. And, you know, and, you know, we, we try to make it a point that, uh, you know, we're, we're, we're not here to offer any conclusions or belief systems or anything like that, you know, because we just, we, we really don't know. Right. The only thing that, that I think that we can, that all of us as, as writers can definitively say is that humanity has interacted with other intelligence for thousands of years, that these intelligence a lot of times have come to us looking like us. And again, whether or not that is their true form or not, it, that's you know it's that's 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 the point right. and 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 again you know what what i've uh put out there before is um why the why the human shape why do these things come to us looking like us is it because well that's we wouldn't accept anything else mm. or are there are there other reasons and you know, and 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 Paul can address address that as 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 well right. with some of the excellent chapters that uh, that, that he wrote for this book. Uh, but you know, the, the the main point is is that there we're probably not alone on this planet. That there are other intelligence, either physical, spiritual, interdimensional, or all of the above. <laughs> yes, yeah, I definitely agree with that. So. If they're coming back in human form, do you guys believe it's easier to deceive us that way? Because you hear of people missing every day. Oh, absolutely, Didi. I mean, there are entities out there that are very deceiving. They will start, okay, like, they will start crying like baby. Yeah. So I hear this person is hearing this baby crying out in the woods someplace. So he follows that sound. And when he gets there, he's attacked by some kind of strange entity. So, I mean, there's, a, I mean, even myself, I've experienced that. And um, my brother, who, uh, my brother Joe, he went to St. Lucia. And he heard stories about the T. Bolum. And the T. Bullum is like a little devil. And it is known, it is known on this island that it will imitate the sounds of a baby crying. And this one gentleman who actually encountered this T. Bullum, the little devil jumped on his chest and was trying to like suck out his soul. 
and this is what he was claiming. He was he shortness of breath, and he felt like he was ready to die. And somehow he managed to get away from this little creature. Mm-hmm. And some some of the people actually believe that if you place a raw egg underneath your pillow, this T-Bola will appear and be your servant and do anything that you want it to do. And these people in St. Lucia, they actually believe this. This is a, a, a story that goes around the island, and they say that some people say they actually witnessed this little creature. It's very ugly and scary and everything else. And it's mimics, it, the mimicking is the part that it sounds like a baby crying. Wow. That that would probably freak me out because I'd be all over the woods looking for the baby. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, I hear a kitten and I'm like halfway down the street. Where is it? <laughs> oh, yeah. It's the same thing. I mean, mm-hmm. I, if it wasn't a baby and it was like a little dog whimpering, I would be out there chasing it. And hopefully I don't encounter some little devil. Yeah. So that would also bring up the point of gnomes, the fae, all of those creatures that lure people in. Yeah, exactly. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah, exactly. Wow. The uh, um, A lot of these stories also involve, and, and this is something that still exists today. You go to any site that uh, aggregates uh, 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 recent news, paranormal-related news stories, mm-hmm. you hear all kinds of reports of people who will hear something calling their name, say, like from mm-hmm. the woods. Yep. Oftentimes sounding like uh, a loved one. Um, there's uh, uh, There was a, a, a very famous uh, a video that was taken. It's probably been maybe about five years ago of this uh, gentleman out west someplace who was on his horse um, going around uh, uh, his ranch. And several times you hear this voice coming from uh, the kind of like the, the, the thicket off the side of the, uh, the, the pathway going, hey, hey, like that. Mm-hmm. And, the, and the horse physically reacts and turns around and goes back. <laughs> and you know, he and, and I and I don't and I don't think the rancher was uh, uh, too eager to stop it either. But see, those are uh, just uh, excellent examples of how these old stories still exist with us um, today. Oh yeah, uh, in 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 various forms. Now, uh, you know, Paul pointed out about the uh, the sounds of babies crying. Well, I mean, this also happens um, in uh, 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 big cities where people have reported that they have heard, say, like uh, outside their apartment door, <laughs> the sound of a baby crying. And, uh, uh, and, and fortunately, some of these people who have actually gone to look, you know, didn't find anything. But to me, that's that's you know, that's the same kind of trickster element yes. at play, you know, uh, today. 
So, you know. <laughs> yeah, I, you know, it's really interesting. I, my brother, a couple months back, <clears throat> told me he had a really weird experience in his apartment complex. He had a knock on the door, and it, I have a brother who passed away in 2004, and it was my brother's voice. Mm. And he said, can, can you come out? Mm. And he, my brother said he pushed his futon against the door and like <laughs> backed up for a minute. And he just sat there and he, once he didn't come out, he didn't hear from it again. I thought that was really interesting. That is. Yeah. You know, and, and this is something I think Paul can address because you know, it's a story like that, you know, because some people at first would would think, oh, well, this would be like a um, an after death visitation that you hear mm-hmm. about a lot. A loved one has just recently passed on and they they come back just briefly to to say goodbye. But and I think Paul will agree with this. I think there's something else going on with something like uh, like like your brother's story. Would yeah. You, would you say, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And you know, Tim, I, I gotta. I, you mentioned something, um, and it just clicked in my head. One of the reasons why I got into the paranormal is because, as a child, I lived in a haunted house on Effie Street in Fresno, and everything was centered on me. Hmm. The entities in that home centered. It seems like their anger on me. Um, uh, I was having horrible nightmares. Uh, I was seeing skulls with wings flying into the room. Um, I had a situation where my dad came into the room, see why I was screaming, and his face was in, in a skull. I'm going to mm. get to the, in this haunting, there was a mimic type entity, and I'm going to explain that. But I'm going to just tell you the few things that happened to me there. Um, one entity actually pushed me into the heater, burning my leg. <laughs> so I was really, really being terrorized. And one of the scariest things was, was like this thing I could hear on the sidewalk coming down towards the house. And my window opened up halfway, and this thing that looked like a black tea tea kettle floated up to where the window was open and the snout this steam came out and this steam the next day i was very very sick Hmm. and yeah and now and another situation was where my i was coughing because somehow the entities were making me cough my mother came in and actually, she thought she was giving me cough syrup, but she gave me poison. Ooh. Yes, oh and she made, me, she made me throw up. Now, here's where the mimic comes in. So I was looking out the bedroom window to the orange grove, and I heard a woman who sounded like my mother hmm. saying, Dale, which is my middle name, mm-hmm. and they called me Dale. Dale, come here. Dale, come here. And she was trying to entice me to go into the orange grove. Well, I almost did. And as I was going into the kitchen, 
there was my mother. So it was some somehow if I went into that orange grove, I feel something very horrible would have happened to me. And that that entity was mimicking my mother. Wow. <laughs> so do you guys, you know, when you hear people say they wake up early in the morning with people that they recognize saying their name, is that a mimic you believe? It very possibly could be. Yes. Interesting. Oh, yes. Um, like in Tim's book, I mean, he talks about so many type of entities. I don't think he missed any. But he would have, <laughs> True. <laughs> uh, I mean, even the president, the former president Eisenhower, seems like he had a mimic. He had Valiant Thor, which you'll find you'll find in the book. And Valiant Thor looked like a human. I mean, he if you're walking down the street. You wouldn't really pay attention to him because he's so human-like. So if he was really an alien, well, he really looked like you and me. He looked very normal. Interesting. So I wonder, in your guys' opinion, are there any friendly mimics trying to help us? Or are they all based on taking us and doing who knows using up our well, energy like vampires or well this is also too addressed in tim's book but you have a thing called living ghosts and living ghosts is based basically residual energy that lives on at, lives on and the person is still alive and i'll explain uh in chicago illinois and i think it was in 1974 this couple moves into this house and around about two or three o'clock in the morning, they would see a male entity manifest and walk over to the couch. And then a female would manifest. And as he approaches the female and gets right up to her, he starts slapping her. Mm -hmm. And then all of a sudden they dissipate. They just disappear. Wow. So this happened about three or four times. So they go to a block party and the host is over there saying, yeah, we do this every year. Here's our photo album. Here's some of the pictures of our past events. And so the lady starts looking through the photo album and she gets to this one picture. She goes, oh, my God, those are the ghosts in my house. And the host looks. The host looks at her and goes, what? What are you talking about? She goes, these are the ghosts in our house. We see them. They manifest in our house. And the man is hitting the woman. He goes, wait a minute. He goes, I know this couple. They had the police over at that house all the time. They always had domestic disputes. Um, they finally got a divorce. She lives about five blocks down the road. And he lives out of state. And they're very much alive. Wow. But this was this was a case of living ghosts. People who are still alive, but their energy, they they blasted so much negative energy into the atmosphere that this replays itself over and over and over again. It's not intelligent energy, it's just something that replays itself. So 
actually, if it, in a situation like that, those type of entities will not harm you because they're not intelligent. Okay. And if you if you look throughout history, DD, you'll find there's all kinds, all types of examples mm-hmm. of mimics who have really um, aided humanity, uh, uh, helped pull us along, so to speak. I mean, there's there's all kinds of ancient stories of the gods. Right. You know, as they referred to, who would, you know, either come down from the sky or out of the sea or, you know, from from caves, you know, all kinds of different places who uh, uh, would look like us, but perhaps would be, you know, glowing or, or you know, just uh, uh, look different enough that uh, people attributed them to being uh, uh, spiritual beings. Um there, if you in medieval times when alchemy was uh, a, a big thing and everybody was looking for the philosopher's stone, you know, the, the potion that would be able to turn, um, say, lead into gold, mm-hmm. then you would have these mysterious men in black who mm-hmm. would show up at somebody's uh, a laboratory and give them instructions on possibly how to create a philosopher's stone. And while they may not have been able to do that, it instead led them to discoveries in chemistry that uh, that we still hold today. Um, so uh, there are probably just as many examples. Well, okay, most and this will probably ruffle some people's feathers, but but probably most of our major religions have come about because of interactions from mimics who have come to us in the form of various religious figures. You know, uh, uh, you know, you, you look at um, Saul when he was on the road to Damascus. Mm-hmm. And you know he was he was uh, he was going to persecute the Christians, but instead he found himself struck down and rendered blind, and he saw Jesus, who by that point was dead. Right. Who, who told him, you know, Saul, why, why, you know, why are you persecuting, you know, me and 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 everyone else? Uh, the examples of. Um, the appearances of the Blessed Virgin Mary at various locations. Absolutely. Uh, you know, I mean, that those types of encounters fall right into line uh, uh, with, with the mimics. Uh, so it's, I think it's a matter of a person's interpretation. Yeah, absolutely. Of, the, of this phenomena on, on what, you know, uh, you know, on, on what is going on. But I would I would say that probably you know the majority of the uh, uh, world's religions have probably come about from uh, human mimic uh, interactions. And I wonder too. I mean, you could think the worst case scenario about them. Could it be they're just plain curious, or were they us at one time? Hmm. 
Well, you know, like like we discuss in the book, I mean, we're we could be dealing with a number of different types of entities, right? Oh, absolutely. Uh, so, I mean, and just like with humans, I mean, you know, you've got good humans, you've got kind of loving humans, and you've got people who uh, aren't so nice. So, why should we be the only ones, <laughs> you know, who who are who are like this? Uh, you know, the um, in uh, in in Islam, they believe in the the jinn, mm-hmm. and the jinn were created by God before us. Uh-huh. But rather, and, and, you know, people tend to look at them as being like spirits, you know, uh, a race from the wind, so to speak. But they, uh, according to Islam, they have families. They have mm-hmm. religion. You know, there are some who who follow the Islamic faith, some are Christians, whatever. And just like humans, you have some that are good guys, and then you have others who aren't. The only difference is that they have uh, uh, spiritual abilities that that we don't and are able to do things that we can't and uh, are able to do things to us if they want to. So I think that... uh, um, you know, since we are dealing with all kinds of different factors, so to speak, that um, trying to categorize in a very black and white scale uh, is, is probably not a good way to look at it. Because like everything else in, in our lives, it's all just a matter of gray. There's no black and white, Absolutely. you know, so. Yeah. So, you know, with these things, you have the good ones and then you have the bad ones. You know, I I find it really interesting. And I think it was even in your book, some really, really get off when we're fearful. They like that energy. Oh, yeah, absolutely. They do. Um, they, They seem to feed off negative energy. So if you're angry and you're yelling and screaming and stuff like that, it seems like things get become more active. So, and you were asking like if these entities, these mimics, you know, if, if they were curious or uh, one entity which looked very human was Indrid Cold in regard regarding the Mothman prophecies. Mm. And Ingrid, Ingrid Cold came about and and I guess he was talking to one of the witnesses and wanted to know what he knew and that he needs to probably keep his mouth shut. Mm-hmm. So, and, and he was known as the grinning man. He had a very strange grin. So you Basically, here you look at Indrid Cold. He looks human and everything else, but there's one odd thing about him. He's grinning, and he has a constant grin, and he seems like he's very curious about the Mothman. Wow. That's interesting. And it, it makes sense. 
I mean, if they're going to blend in, there's got to be something really strange about them and very right. different. Um, I think I read someplace, too, a couple times, even a couple years ago, that a lot of people believe L.A. is just full of aliens or mimics. <laughs> oh yeah. I don't yeah, know how yeah. true this is because that's a land of beauty. Absolutely. If you're going to find someone pretty, they're in LA. So, Oh, you know, you know, Didi, like with your alien abductions, it, the abductees are scared to death because yeah. they see these little, they see these little grays with long, the, uh, the large almond shaped eyes and, and everything else, and they're small and they're creepy looking, so they're all freaked out. And here comes this mantis creature, and they get even more freaked out. Absolutely. So, some of these abductees, so after encountering the greys and then the mantis and everything else, and they're totally freaked out, the aliens try to calm them down, and they introduce them to human-looking aliens. And there's abductee cases where they talk about where they're totally freaked out, but then they meet these human-looking aliens. Maybe they're Nordics, I don't, I'm not sure, but here they want them to calm down, and they feel like they can calm down if they meet somebody similar to them that's human-looking. Wow. Well, that would make that would make a lot of sense. Oh, yeah. Yeah, there's... um. We have a, a section in the book where um, the late uh, Ingo Swan, who was probably one of the uh, the, the the best remote viewers um, at the time, he uh, he was the guy who actually um, uh, uh, remote viewed uh, Jupiter before the NASA. I think it was one of the Voyager crafts got there. And the uh, the the results that he got was later confirmed by Voyager, oh, probably uh, a, a year later. Uh, one of the aspects was that uh, Ingo Swan said that Jupiter actually had a ring around it, which was discovered then about a year later uh, by the Voyager spacecraft. Well, Ingo Swan had, uh, at one point, he had been hired by some unidentified government group to remote view uh, the far side of the, mu uh, of the moon at, uh, spe at specific coordinates. Um, when he did, he reported uh, 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 dome-shaped structures and uh, human, what appeared to him to be humans, working on the outside of the moon without any... Um, um, spacesuits on oh wow and uh, and but he said that while he was viewing this that he became aware that they were aware that he was watching them and he withdrew quickly and his handlers told him it probably was a good thing that he did because um he said that the he, he was told that these aliens mm -hmm. had the ability to track back anybody on earth who were using psychic abilities to keep an eye on them wow All right so now to go to your question about la 
Ingo wrote in in one of his books that while he was on a trip with, uh, to L.A. and was staying at a friend's house, they had gone to a local supermarket. And Ingo said that when he was in the supermarket, he noticed an extremely beautiful woman checking out the avocados. All right. Now, of course, this is L.A. Lots, lots of pretty people in L.A. But he said that this woman was just drop dead gorgeous. Long blonde hair. Mm -hmm. I guess she was wearing like, you know, booty shorts, uh, <laughs> you know, the heart shapes, heart shaped sunglasses, you know, really just the epitome of, uh, of, uh, of a beautiful L.A. person. He said that when he drew closer to her, he was suddenly struck with the mental impression that this woman was an extraterrestrial and, and was extremely <laughs> dangerous to him if she managed to detect that he knew that she was an extraterrestrial. Wow. So he said, he said that he got out of the store very quickly, but... When he got to the car of his friends, he he made his friend wait till this woman come out came out, and he pointed her out to him and didn't say anything. He said, "See that, see that beautiful uh, woman there," and his friend looked at her and then said, "Oh, you mean the alien?" Uh, and he's and he's like, "Well, how did you know that?" <laughs> and his friend said, "Well, this is L.A. It's it's full of aliens." <laughs> wow! Whoa, that is just wow. Just walking around and nobody notices except for yeah. a few yeah, people. It, it, in the in LA, they say that they see reptilians living in the sewer system. Oh, oh, no, those those creep me out. <laughs> oh, <laughs> wow! I've not heard good things about reptilians at all. No, but um, in uh, Tim's book. Uh, he also, too, they have uh, information about tulpas. Mm -hmm. And um, uh, one of the tulpa stories that I really like is the author Walter B. Gibson. And he wrote The Shadow. Mm. And people who came to his house, uh, family members and friends, they would see an entity with a, a fedora, black hat, uh, a red scarf around his mouth, and a long nose, and like a black outfit on. And they would see this entity walking around uh, Walter's house. Hmm. And when Walter learned about it, he says, well, that's the character that I'm creating. It's called the shadow. Oh, and wow. what is happening? What is happening is Walter was thinking of his character so much that the energy came out of his mind and manifested and where other people could see it. And that's even happened like with Slenderman, which is mm -hmm. also to Tim's book. Um, Slenderman is an internet creation, but people believe in it so much and so many people, uh, they think it's real that people are actually now experiencing seeing Slender Man. Wow. Yeah. That's creepy. Well, you know, and there's, there's actually um, uh, uh, 
on internet forums, say like on Reddit, mm-hmm. where people are actually working to create their their own tulpas. Now, most of these situations are their tulpas are basically created. Um, um, they don't take on like a physical form. It's all like a, a, a mental tulpas, as they call it, almost like like a split personality right. uh, type of situation. Uh, but this is just really the first step towards creating a physical tulpa if a person is trained well enough to to be able to do that. And, and the ability to create a physical tulpa really does, I mean, that's, you're talking about some really major mental exercises going on here that right. most, you know, most people really don't have the herewithal to, 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 to accomplish something like that. However, as Paul pointed out, with something like the Slender Man, when you have a large group of people across the planet all concentrating on the same type of thing, even if they're just working on creating scary stories to tell each other, then, you know, that that mental energy at times can coalesce and become reality even if it's just a sh- for a short period of time wow. so i mean yeah it's it, it is a possibility now you have uh, one of our writers uh, uh paul eno mm-hmm. who who is uh, just a wonderful guy and has some just fantastic ideas along these lines and and paul kind of envisions that we're living in um you know a multiverse mm-hmm and that uh, uh, things like the Slender Man actually do exist in some other reality. And that uh, at times when people are concentrating on such a form, then uh, when when the time is right and under certain conditions, it can enter our world for a while. You know, so yeah, it's, it's, it's a matter of whether or not all of these situations are the result of our combined mental energies or if these combined mental energies are actually pulling something that's real from another reality Mm -hmm. into ours. Kind of like, it's almost like a knowing that maybe something like that exists on another plane. Like it's peekabooing around the corner it's real it's real but it's from another dimension right or a parallel right. universe which i think is a fascinating and very interesting subject by itself oh yeah well i mean you know and, and some of the examples that that we write in this book you know go along that line yeah. that uh, uh you know the uh, some aspect of of the others are some kind of, you know, other reality intrusions into our own, whether deliberate or accidental, uh, because it does seem like some of these things do have the ability to enter our world mm-hmm. uh, for a short period of time, you know, do whatever, <laughs> you know, funny business that they're, they're here to do and go back. Other situations seem to be almost 
either accidental or, or or maybe a situation where they're not even aware that they have left their world and and gone into ours mm-hmm. you know because we see we've seen similar examples of people who have you know gone out for a stroll so to speak and suddenly found themselves someplace that they're not familiar with seems to be maybe either you know like another time and another place yeah. and then just as, just as quickly return back to their their own reality so i mean this could be something that's happening all the time not only in this world but in others yeah, and I wonder how many people have that happen, but don't know it. Or they have it happen and they don't want to say anything to anybody for fear that people think they've lost their mind. Oh, yeah. Well, a lot of paranormal people that experience something paranormal, they are so scared to tell the story. Hmm. And uh, I get a lot of calls on the paranormal hotline and they said, I'll tell you the story, but please leave my name out of it. Right. You know, because they, <laughs> they don't want to be uh, dubbed as a crazy person, you know. But um, but like I said, Tim, he really covered so there's so many entities that you're gonna read about in this book. And Tim, I think he's got them all covered. You, you know, <laughs> it's just it's amazing. And the and one of the things is um, uh, one of my stories that he placed in there. Uh, I had a case with a lady named Gihana, and she actually encountered the black black eyed kids. Mm. And she lived it. She lives in downtown Sacramento, and she said that these two kids, little boys would knock on her door and ask her if they can use her telephone. And they knocked on the door, can I get a glass of water? Can I come in and get a glass of water? They kept on wanting to come into her house. And she thought they were really creepy because she said that their eyes seemed like they were all black, but they kept on putting her heads down so she couldn't really see. But from what she could see, it seemed like their eyes were black. And there was one incident that she had where she wanted to get away from them because they just knocked on the door. She gets in her car and she goes down the road. And 10 miles up the road, she just saw them at her house, but 10 miles up the road, there they are again. And they're looking at her car. And they're standing by a telephone pole. Oh, my it's just no way that they could have traveled 10 miles on foot and beat her car to that location. So eventually uh, uh, they left. They, she didn't have that problem anymore. And she had me bless her house and all that other stuff. Mm-hmm. But then this family moves in about a month later. They move in there. And their two boys, their two young boys, look like the black-eyed kids, except their eyes weren't black. They were normal kids. Hmm. And there is no explanation for that. It's like, Gianna, I, I don't wow. know what you were experiencing the black-eyed kids, 
who now look like your neighbor's kids. Right. That was so bizarre. And she swears up and down that situation really happened. Wow. It almost sounds vampire type of situation that you would picture a vampire doing because once you let them in... And that's in every culture. Vampires are in every culture. And they always have the same very similar stories. If you welcome them in, you're doomed. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's a, you know, it's a perfect example of how these things are playing the same games with us that they played thousands of years ago. Exactly. Uh, as you know, as you pointed out, you know it. There, it used to be the belief that a vampire could not come into your house unless you invited them in, and uh, you know the vampire would. Uh, uh, and and you know an, uh, another way that they would do it. And this kind of goes back to something we were talking about earlier in this program. Would stand outside your bedroom window and call your name mm-hmm. at nights. And if you responded, that would be that that's good enough for the vampire. If you responded, that's an invitation to come in, <laughs> you know. Uh, but uh, but here we are in the 21st century still talking about things that are asking to be invited in. Yeah. You know, so, you know, what's uh, what's the what's the point of that? What's the, you know, the 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 um, supernatural etiquette, I suppose, if yeah. you want to go look at it. You know, I, I've often wondered and I've and I put this out, you know, but of course, you know, most people who have black eyed kids experiences don't know about them until afterwards. And then they mm-hmm. read that somebody else has had them. But I pointed out much like uh, 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 the old vampire stories that if, if you knew that a vampire was coming to visit, say like your daughter every night and uh, was wanting in the house, all you would have to do is take like a cup full of rice or wheat or something like that and throw it out onto your front porch because the vampire would then be motivated to count each and every one of those. <laughs> I love it. And if you have enough, they'll do it and then the sun will come up and you know they'll 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 burn up. So would that work with the black eyed kids? If they're you know if they're knocking at your door asking you to be cut let in, you go and throw you know a big cup full of rice at their mm-hmm. feet. Are they going to stop and start trying to count it? You know, that's a really interesting story, too, because there are stories, if you put salt on your doorways to keep the fae out of your house, they're too busy counting the morsels of salt. Yep. That's right. That's interesting, isn't it? Mm -hmm. Oh, yes, yes, yes. Huh. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and that's you know that's that's just one of the things that 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 we want to draw our our readers' attention to is how all of these old stories are still playing out today. The names may be different, mm-hmm. you know, rather than you know, rather than people thinking that they're dealing with you know, say that uh, the the good people, the fairies, or things like that, or. Mm-hmm. or Gods, angels, or demons, uh, uh, extraterrestrials, whatever. But the same types of games are being played. They just are wearing a different mask now. 
Yeah, they're updating themselves. Yes. Well, and they always update themselves. That's just it, which leads me to believe that, you know, this is something that we have dealt with since we have been here, you know? Mm -hmm. So have they, have they developed, evolved right alongside us on this planet? Uh, uh, Which, I mean, one of the, one of the chapters, you know, in the book, couple of chapters actually, you know, looks into the idea of Bigfoot and wild men. Mm-hmm. Now, not necessarily falling into the same category of the others. You know, we're not saying that, uh, you know, these uh, say like the the, the blonde haired Nordics are, are just, you know, like shaved Bigfoot. But, uh, you, know, you know, just just looking into the idea that, we're probably not alone on this planet and there could be other human species, not homo sapiens, but mm-hmm. kissing cousins that, uh, that could still be here with us, you know, hiding at one time, you know, in the deep woods and the mountains, maybe now have moved, you know, underground or undersea if they have a technology similar to our own, you know, I mean, it's, it's, right. uh, it's, we like again. We like to think that we're the only human species left on this planet, but that may not necessarily be the case. Oh my gosh, we haven't explored underground or the oceans. We can't even get to the bottom of the ocean. No. Oh no, no. Well, and you know, one of the uh, one of the big things right now uh, uh, with the uh, uh, the new interest in. Uh, UAPs. I still use the word UFO. I know it's yeah, uh, me too. <laughs> yeah, I like the is, I like UFO. <laughs> yeah, I do too. It's what it's what we it's what we grew up with. You exactly. Know? <laughs> <laughs> but there, you know, there's a new concentration now on uh, USOs. You know, uh, right. uh, unidentified uh, submergible objects you know, yeah. or submerged. I'm not quite sure how that how that is, but uh, uh, but but yeah. And, but along right along with UFOs, uh, there have been countless stories of these things seen coming in and out of our oceans, lakes, and rivers, you know, as long as people have been seeing them flying around in the skies. Oh, absolutely. And I know like in New York State where my relatives are from, they in those backwoods in the St. Lawrence River, Great Lakes area, they'd see stuff all the time in the water. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. And, Very uh, um, common. Yep. So I mean it's uh while I don't while I doubt that an intelligent species would be able to evolve in the water, okay? Uh, uh, to a, to a, uh, a to a technological degree. You're you're probably not going to have say like dolphins. <laughs> develop technology like ours. Right. Well, and the reason is, is that one of the first big milestones of creating a civilization is fire. And if you live underwater, you're, it's going to be hard to develop fire. Uh, absolutely. Yes. Yeah, yeah. And no electricity either. That's interesting. Yeah. So... You're gonna have you're gonna have a species that's that's going to develop first on the land, mm-hmm. and then eventually move to underwater. To the water, right? See, I I would think that would be so interesting to encounter something like that. 
in your book, do you have any encounters with these water type beings? Oh yeah, and uh, 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 Paul, I think uh, did you have uh, have some in uh, uh, one of your chapters? Uh, yeah, I, it, but this I think it was in another one of your books. But there was an encounter with a water elemental at the Sacramento River, and it was referred to as a wet lash. That's and, right. Yeah, yeah. Right. So. Um, yeah, it's just some fisherman who claims that he saw this creature that was made of water wearing this crazy look looking outfit outfit outfit. Um kind of looked like a gnome and had a hat on and everything else. It was and it caught a fish. So yeah. <laughs> wow. I yeah. But um with Tim's book, I mean, there's so many people uh, who contributed different stories and stuff from the uh, Crocata in India, which is like a mythical dog wolf that can mimic human speech. Wow. That, then he talks in the book, there talks about shapeshifters and something called the Shanik. And it's E-H-A-N-E-Q-U-E, which I never even heard of. But it's something that leads people astray in the jungle. Oh, it makes yeah. It, so it 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 kind of yeah. looks like a human at times, or, or and it leads people in the jungle and makes them go get lost. So and you hear about so many people getting lost. I mean, like in the Alaskan uh, Triangle, yes. something like sixteen thousand people missing people. You know, since the 1970s, it's like, are entities mimicking humans and making you believe that they need help or something, and then they you just vanish, you disappear? Mm -hmm. that, I mean, that's kind of weird, because I wonder, with all these people missing, what are they doing with them? Yeah. What yeah. would be the purpose of just soul killing somebody? <laughs> uh, yeah. I, yeah, I mean, it's like, well, you know, there's a theory that some of these entities, they lure you to a different place and they capture you. And besides doing experiments on you, also, too, is valuable your soul. Somehow they take your soul. Oh. So, yeah, that's that's a theory you know, by various paranormal investigators and people who study the paranormal and also to talking to witnesses where they talk about entities that are very much interested in your soul. Wow. I, yeah. What are they going to do when they have your soul? <laughs> that's a, that's a really, I mean, what is it like collecting pretty lights or something for them? I wonder. And while well, you hear, like, even in the Bible, you know, the devil's yeah. trying to get your soul. And right. So, mm -hmm. I don't know. I mean, it's a type of energy that they can probably utilize some way, somehow. Wow. You know, that's really fascinating. Yeah. And, Dee, you know what really, really is interesting? 
we ourselves as humans could be mimics because wasn't it God who was talking to his angels and says, we'll make man in our own image. True. So. Yeah. He did. And and he didn't say in my own image, he said in our. Yeah, that's right. In our image. Yes. Right. Absolutely. So we could be mimics. I guess in a sense we are because, you know, they call our bodies meat suits. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. And inside of our our suits is our soul. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Interesting. You want want to hear a creepy story? Didi is also in Tim's book. Of course. Um, And I forget exactly what country it was, but this woman's waiting at the bus stop. And here comes this bus going, going by. And at the very last window of the bus, she sees herself. Oh. And this woman who looks exactly like her sitting at the back seat of the bus looking out the window is looking directly at her. She, when she saw herself on that bus, she just got goosebumps everywhere. And one week later, it was either her mother or father. I'm not sure. I forget which one died. So she feels like when she saw her doppelganger, mm-hmm. that she was cursed. Oh. Yeah. And there, there you go. You have a mimic. You have a person, a doppelganger who's mimicking the person that's looking at them. And then there was a, a good story about a doppelganger in which uh, kids in this classroom are watching their teacher writing on the chalkboard. And they look out the window to the right side and they see their teacher out there working on her garden at, on the school grounds. Mm-hmm. So she's being seen on the chalkboard writing something. And then she's also seen out the window, out in the garden, working on her garden. So she's in two, two places at the same time. Wow. That, that would be odd. And I've, that would be odd. <laughs> I've heard of stories, tons of stories about double gainers. And... You know, that would be odd to see yourself, and especially if yourself was staring directly at you. I could see why that would be very frightening. Oh, yes. And very alarming. Yeah. Well, in a lot of societies, you know, it's thought that the doppelganger is a death omen, you know, uh, uh, like like. Paul presented in the story about the woman, you know, on the bus. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, you know, I've I've found and and Paul has you know has has got a couple of really good uh, examples of more modern day modern time stories of doppelgangers, where it seems like that uh, you know uh, an entity or entities haunting a house uh, will make an appearance, looking like somebody. Who lives in the house, you know, but but isn't. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Yeah. And that was the case that I had in Sacramento. And the mother claims that she went into the bedroom and saw her daughter, but that wasn't her daughter. Her daughter was 
off in the kitchen. Mm-hmm. And so she was very confused. And then the daughter, who she told me this story, that then she saw her mother outside, but her mother was actually inside. Oh, my goodness. So this, yeah, so this entity was mimicking the mother and the daughter. And they were having all kinds of problems. I had to bless that house and everything else, but she feels that it was a demon doing the mimicking. That, yeah, I I don't think I would like that. No, no. That would really get on my everlasting side. (laughs) I'd be like, "Uh -uh. (laughs) uh-uh, I'm out of here. You can have the house. I'll gather up my zoo and we'll go. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh yeah. And then some of the authors uh that uh contributed in this book and everything, they um this one author, I I forget which one it was, but he talks about a Nixie that's able to mimic a crying baby. Here we go again with the crying baby. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Or mimic a beautiful woman to lure a handsome man or just a regular man as a beautiful woman and then send them to their death in a cold lake. Uh, oh, that, that, that story right there gave me the creeps. And mermaids do the same thing. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah, we we've we've got a, a number of examples of 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 all kinds of different of you know like water fay uh, mm-hmm. from from various you know uh, different locations too uh, all around the, the the planet who who all seem to enjoy doing the same thing and that's luring people um, into the water to to drown them. Now, uh, some of these stories, which which is interesting, and, and we've got uh, uh, several uh, uh, sections dealing with the whole uh, uh, sexual aspect of uh, the others and people. But these uh, these water spirits are uh, seem to be uh, 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 very attracted to humans to the point where they may originally intend to lure them to their deaths, but instead fall in love and uh, actually uh, get married, have children uh, until the time when I guess the sea starts calling them again mm-hmm. and they, they leave, leaving their human husband and oftentimes the, uh, their children uh, behind. Uh, but again, you know, that's this is not something that is that you can find, say, like in one location, you know, oh, Scotland right. has all these stories. Nobody else. No, you see them all over the planet. They have different names. But again, you know, the stories are just so similar throughout the ages. Yeah. And, you know, that's what I find so interesting is every culture has these stories. The mermaid the water nymphs, you know, the vampires, Bigfoot, they all have those similar stories all over the globe. There's got to be something to that. Well, and not only do we see this um, all across the globe, but also throughout history. 
So, you know, I mean, you could see where if this was all taking place at the same time, where, I mean, even if you didn't have the internet or newspapers, television, things like that, that, you know, uh, stories would still get out there and, and, and travel around the planet, you know, just by word of mouth fairly quickly. But no, mm-hmm. you have these stories also occurring throughout time. Right. Which, which to me is very interesting because most of the time, then other societies who repeat the, the stories have no knowledge of other aspects from different times, different locations. Mm-hmm. Right. So, guys, oh, Paul, I have to mention something, Paul. Okay. I enjoyed your article about you being a professional dancer. <laughs> and you were a professional <laughs> dancer also. I was for 30-some years of my life, yeah. Wow, yeah, I was a, yeah, I was a dancer at one time, yeah. Yeah, I, I thought that was so funny when you said that. I was like, dancer, really? And then I read that article, I'm like, this is so cool. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, when I saw it, I said, oh my God, Didi was a dancer? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah, I don't dance anymore, but I mean, back in the day, yeah. Yeah, I, I um, traveled quite a bit in Turkey and had some really weird experiences in Turkey. So, oh, really? Oh, oh, I, yeah. oh I love I Turkey. Beautiful country, yes. beautiful people. Yes, I was. I um, lived in Istanbul on and off for four years, where I taught and performed. But um, it's a, a mystical place, and oh yeah, oh the food is so good. They didn't understand my vegetarianism very much, but they did try. <laughs> they tried their hardest. The very well, nice people. Didi, I learned how to do the disco dance thing in Germany. So I was working. I was working undercover narcotics with the drug suppression team with the U.S. Army. Interesting. And I would have to hang out in discotheques, and <laughs> I, I would, I would mimic the dancers. <laughs> How I, appropriate! And I, became, <laughs> and I became very efficient in dancing, and I danced eight and a half days, two hundred five hours for the Guinness Book of World Records held the record for about a month, and was featured in Ripley's Believe It or Not. That's so cool. That is so awesome. That's hilarious. Love it. (laughs) I love it. I used to, as a little girl, I used to dream about being a disco dancer. Oh, my God. Remember the solid gold dancers? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. The lady with the long braids? Well, I was mimicking John Travolta. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so, guys, oh. what is next for you? I know hmm. this book just came out, and it's amazing, and it's on Amazon, everybody, and I highly suggest if you're into the paranormal, you have to have this book. It's awesome. Tim, Tim puts out some mind-blowing books. Yes, he does, and, yeah. And he told me, but when I'm... I don't know if Tim wants me to say anything, but I know what his next book's about. And I'm excited. Oh, oh. <laughs> well, well, and we really, we really can't talk about it yet. Oh. Uh, uh, sorry, but uh, uh, we're, it's just, it's just in the very 
nebulous stages of development yet. I haven't even contacted uh, a lot of our other uh, uh, writers about uh, uh, possible um, chapter uh, uh, contributions for it. But I will say this, uh, 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 Didi, that, uh, you know, you can... Uh, you can expect something uh, uh, really interesting in time on oh. this book. Oh, yeah. I like and it. Dee Dee, I was Johnny on the spot, and I've already gave Tim some of my stories. To, <laughs> to... <laughs> I bet you did. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you know. Still, I have one of my. My favorite books is is Gif, the Talking Mongoose. I know that's really silly, guys, but I like the idea of a talking mongoose. Me too. Me too. Yep. It yep. cracks Jeff, me up. Yeah, Jeff, the Talking Mongoose is probably one of my uh, uh, one of my favorite books that I uh, that I put together for uh, the the late Timothy Green Beckley's uh, 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 Global Communications uh, yeah. publications. Oh, yeah, that is just fun. I love it. Uh, so, yeah, I'm not. I'm not sure if I would like to be living in a house <laughs> where Jeff has been taking up residence, you know, because he was he was a very uh, uh, disruptive entity. I'll put it that oh, way. Oh yes, <laughs> yes. But he had a good sense of humor, and he was very oh, protective. Yes. yes, he was. He was very yes. mischievous as well. Oh yes, but so Paul, what's going to be new for you coming up? Well, uh, basically, with my books, one of the books that I put out takes me about a couple months uh, to actually get a book out. Because what I do is I place investigations into the book, or people who contact me on the paranormal hotline, if they grab my attention on something and they have a very unique story, I get their story. I ask for permission to place their story into my book, mm -hmm. and that. That basically makes my book. My books are basically about my inve investigations and other people's stories. Awesome. I'm going to look forward to that. And please email me when you have a new book out and I'll advertise it. Oh, thank you so much. For both much. of you, because I really like what you guys do. And I want to I want to apologize. Um, Twilight Tonight couldn't happen this Friday because he had a internet outage but i would like to invite both of you back on there and i'll send you some dates and if you're available we'd love to have you back on you guys are amazing and you guys have contributed so much to the paranormal and metaphysical world and i want to thank you for that oh thank you Dee. Dee. that's really nice of you yes it's our pleasure and uh when uh when you're ready to uh try another shot at uh, twilight tonight uh we're we're more than happy to uh, join you up on it good and we can Absolutely. actually see each other face to face <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> thank you guys from the bottom of my heart and i will talk to you again hopefully soon guys and have a wonderful night